from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Every race has winners. Come get your share. This is the Press Box. And it's neck and neck in the home stretch. The jockeys are tiny. The horses are big. Suspiciously big. Unnaturally big. Well, let's just say if you like your performance enhanced, we've got you covered. With Grady and Bischoff. Dramatically fewer fixed races. Not none, but that's why they call it gambling. On ESPN Las Vegas. We don't foresee any problems, but we'll admit it was a last-minute decision that didn't get discussed with the whole team. All right, here we go on a Thursday. It's Ed Kyler, DeGenerate Danny running the show, and they've already been watching soccer. DeGener- Croatia almost scored like five De- seconds into the game. DeGenerate's got some money on this. He looked up too quickly. He's got some <laughs> money on this thing. I don't have money on these ones. I have money on the later ones. All right, well, you'll be watching those, I'm sure, in the studio. All right, later in the show, I'm going to explain to you why yesterday during uh, Mexico's game is one of the greatest moments the World Cup can provide. Um, because but, is it the stupid tiebreaker? Yeah, oh, stupid tiebreaker is incredible. Um, but right now, it's also great because Belgium is playing Croatia, and technically Belgium can advance with a draw, uh, but it's unlikely. So you basically have the best team in the group has to win today, and that's a fun scenario. And they're about to give up a second great chance to Croatia. So it's not looking good for Belgium. Uh, so yeah, we're already off to a good start. Ed. This is a great start. I love the world cup. Everything about it is amazing. Stupid tiebreaker. We oh, were talking great... about this at the Raiders yesterday. Oh. We watched Mexico. We wanted it to happen. Of course. Who we, did we it? Wanted, want we wanted Mexico to, to get eliminated on yellow. Cards. Yeah, we wanted That's it the to funniest thing that could possibly happen. Be something good to rip on, but yeah. uh, we wanted it to happen. It's so it's close. Such a ridiculous tiebreaker. It's a great tiebreaker. Isn't it like the 11th one? Talk. Yes, it is. It's like the 11th tiebreaker. And it can technically happen today in this group. I can't remember. I think if Canada beats Morocco 3 2 and Belgium beats Croatia like 2 0. Then well, Belgium they, better wake up if then, they're going to do nothing. <laughs> then they would. Then there would be a yellow card tiebreaker in this group as well. Oh, it's phenomenal! That's the dumbest thing I've it's ever heard. It's so great. It's, I, I love. They every were talking second. about it yesterday, and like, uh, I don't know, was case or someone turned around and said, "It's the what? It's great! Like it's the eleventh tiebreaker." And then he went and because we got to know all the tiebreakers, yep. and then went to a coin flip. Yeah, oh yeah, coin flips after that, which is even funnier. Could you imagine getting knocked out of one of the biggest competitions in the world on a coin because flip. of a coin flip? Oh, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be so great. That'd be so terrible. All right, let's talk about something even dumber than that. The first bite. Will Tom Brady be the Raiders' starting quarterback in 2023? Well, we've got the uh, pitcher ready. Did you guys do? Yeah, we've got the Two pitcher years ready. Old, just recycle uh, it. Yeah, just recycle with the pitcher with Tom Brady and the Raiders' helmet. So, all right, this jumped out very much to me as an off-season story, but The Athletic wrote a story about where's Tom Brady going to play football next year? Because Tom Brady's a free agent at the end of this season, and that means he's not tied to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay certainly doesn't look like a Super Bowl contender, so if Brady were to come back and play, you'd assume he'd want to play for a Super Bowl contender, and if he doesn't think the Bucs are, then he might leave Tampa Bay. Uh, these were the four landing spots that the Athletics said were logical. San Francisco, New England, uh, Tennessee, because for some reason, every time Brady or Aaron Rodgers are potentially leaving their team, they're the linked Titan, to the Titans. The Titans get thrown in. It never yeah. makes sense. And the Las Vegas Raiders. If it's an op- option. Should the Raiders pursue Tom Brady? And by the way, Morocco just scored on Canada. 
So Canada's not going to win 3-2. It's not going to happen. What do you, that's one of the five happen. goals that needs to happen yeah. in the game. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm looking up there. Who's Canada playing today? They're fourth string? No, no, they're playing. Looks like all their starters. They're good to go. They're good to go. Um, the way he's looked this year, I think it would be hilarious. I think it would be actually funny if he was the quarterback. It would be great for us if he was the quarterback of the Raiders. Right. He hasn't looked like the quarterback of anybody this year. So if we're talking about on field and do you really need him as a quarterback, I'm not sure about that. But selfishly, it would be great to have Tom Brady as the quarterback oh, of the Raiders. Phenomenal. It'd be excellent. Yeah. Um, so to me, though, if you're the Raiders, I can't, I can't figure out why you would go to Tom Brady. Like if if this if this season plays out, you don't make the playoffs. Whatever. I can't figure out why you would decide. Tom Brady is going to be the difference in this team Um, because Tom Brady hasn't looked like a superstar quarterback. And this roster is not exactly close to being a Super Bowl contender. Right. So to me, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense unless you just want the publicity. And maybe Mark Davis would be like, yeah, I want the publicity, Uh, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And on the other side. I don't think Tom Brady would want to play mm. for the Raiders. I mean, I know Dana he's got White. The McDaniel's, uh, he's got the McDaniels connection, but I don't really know, you know, what that connection is. Yeah. I mean, so Dana White told the story that yes, Brady Dana was White. going to come to Vegas and John Gruden shut it down. Yeah. Right? That Brady was going to be the quarterback here. But with Tom, if Tom Brady, who is going to be 45 years old, would Tom Brady look at the Raiders in the offseason and say, Oh, if I go there, I can win the Super Bowl. Right. Now, maybe something similar happens. He goes to Vegas and a few more free agents come and sign with the Raiders like they did in Tampa Bay. And maybe the team's significantly better because they get some different free agents. But the other problem with that is the Raiders um, have a lot of dead money going into next year, right? Because they kind of went all in this season. Didn't work out very well for them. But I just, I don't look at it from a Tom Brady perspective and think that he would say, that's the team I'm going to go to That's because they're going to win it all. Right. Now, maybe he'd be like, hey, I just want to live in Vegas, right? I, I wanted to live in Vegas four years ago, and it didn't happen. So maybe he would just look at it and say, hey, I just want to live in Vegas, and hey, we should be decent, and that's enough for me to think I can win it all there. But I don't think it would be a a married, off-season marriage that would make a lot of sense yeah. from either side because I just don't think you're a Super Bowl contender replacing Derek Carr with Tom Brady. He's also got all the kids. Does he though? They got divorced. Yes. He's got. I, I. Well, he's. You know. I. I look. I'm not gonna sit here and say who has uh, custody. The custody of the children. But I mean, this is a long way away from where they're at right now. I think part of the divorce is that he wasn't around the kids enough. <laughs> I thought I did see that she left him with the kids. So he she left the kids behind. She must have. He must have had to hire somebody. But I also read that she bought a house literally across the street from his house. So what? Yeah. Yeah. Got to be close. Got to be close to those children. Why even get divorced? How big is their house? Just live in the other oh. side of the house. Have you seen that house? Yeah. Wait wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't they buy Derek Jeter's old house? Whatever it is, I've seen pictures and it's like a castle. So you're telling me that Giselle and Tom Brady probably own a massive house. They do. They could be they could live in this house at the same not time see each other. and not see each other. Probably, yeah. It probably has two kitchens too. Probably oh, has yeah. two of everything. Minimum. Yeah. yeah. Minimum. They they could do everything and not, and she bought a house across the street? Yep. That's just stupid. That that's even when you're that rich, that's just stupid. Just live in the same house. If you want to be close to you, just live in the same house. 
put a little dog gate up like I have to keep my dogs from going up the stairs sometimes. Put that up, and when the when you need to kids need to go for the weekend, just move it and they run across. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Just split the house in it's half. It's big enough. That'd be fantastic. They don't need the, the other huge half. house. Have you oh, seen yeah. pictures of it? I believe so. Yeah. Man, it's a big house. You what could, am I? You okay. could have. You definitely have. Well, you'd probably see each other. Well, he's not there. He's playing football, but <laughs> and he's yeah, not he's often. not even there. So, but you could definitely probably live, and if you wanted to avoid each other, probably avoid each other. Right. I, listen, when are they hiring me as a financial advisor? I got I got a way for them to save money. Because what? The house she bought probably is like $3 million or something oh, like if that. If not more. Right. Uh, I'll save you some money, Giselle and Tom Brady, whoever had to pay for that. Who knows? And by the way, I also get the sense. I don't. Obviously, we're on the outside. But it doesn't appear as though they hate each other. Not from what you read. Right. It appears as though they just. It was Amicably just, right. it parted. Was, it was just priorities in yeah. their relationship were different. Right, and not like, oh, I hate Tom now. Right. So, yeah, live in the same house and save yourself like $5 million or something. What are they doing? That's stupid. That's dumb. People have too much money. Oh, the amount they have. They don't know what to do with it, obviously. So, wait. All right. If you live in different houses, do the kids still get two different Christmases? I'm guessing those kids are all right on the 25th of December. I know they are, but, but they're still kids. So, like, as somebody who had divorced parents... Two Christmases is great. Who doesn't want two Christmases? Right. But if they're in the same house, like, does she just, or does he just go over on, he's playing on Christmas probably, so he won't be there. Right. So, yeah, that actually, that's why they're getting divorced, because there was only one Christmas There's and Tom Brady Christmas. wasn't there. So, Ed, you could see this house, right? I see it. So, that looks like maybe a big office building, you might think. It looks like an office yeah. building. It looks like an office yeah. building. <laughs> However, <laughs> this is the mega mansion that they were building. And now with their divorce, they stopped the building on they the They stopped Mega construction Mansion. on it? Yeah. There's more money wasted because they paid, they paid it to get what I'm looking at is uh, more than halfway done. It does. It looks like they were building an office building yeah, it's, to uh, live in. It was a – they paid $17 million for the land and $10 million for the house being built on the land. They so $27 million for the land and house. And they just stopped it. That's how much money they have. They can just stop it and say, no, nah, we don't think so. Just leave it there. And they're, they were, or maybe still are, I don't know. They're, the current house that they have is a $12 million house. Okay. That sounds light. That is now listed for sale. Oh, well. There you go. What, he's he's, sell, he's selling the mansion. Apartment or something he's like selling that? the mansion. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but apparently this uh, this mega mansion was going to be five bedrooms, 11 bathrooms, and 17,000 square feet. That yeah, seems a little so light. So they're selling the house because Tom Brady's coming to the Raiders next year, right? That would be my guess. Either that or he's going to come coach UNLV. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've heard some names on the UNLV coaching search, and Brady's probably better than some of the names we've heard, so maybe he can be the coach. Being 100% honest, if Tom Brady was willing, you and I should absolutely hire him as their head coach. It would probably be a disaster, but who cares? It's probably going to be a disaster anyways. Every coach is a disaster yeah. here. Hire Tom Brady as your coach. It, every game would be on TV. Oh, yeah. You get, well, you were like saying the other day, I don't uh, I don't know what, uh, I forget the person you said, but... Um, Deion Sanders. Yeah, Deion Sanders is like you'd be on TV all the yeah. time and you're UNLV and you've never had that kind of publicity. So, so remember, uh, before the season started, when the television uh, schedule came out for every uh, game yes. being on what TV station, remember when I told you for two straight seasons, 
Fox and FS1 have not selected a single UNLV football game. And that's the TV contract right. with they, the Mountain West. They have CBS Sports yeah. and Fox Sports. And a lot of games have obviously been on CBS Sports Network, but they basically pick their games they want. They do like a draft and pick which games they want. And two years in a row, Fox and FS1 have said, we don't want a single UNLV football game. If they had Tom Brady as their head coach, every si- well, Fox everybody would, be lining up. Fox would be like, we're not only just taking this, we're not putting it on FS1. We're no, going they're going national. Fox. We're going, going national for UNLV football, which would be hilarious. So yeah, if he was willing, they should 100% hire that guy. It'd probably be a disaster, but does anybody, have, does anybody have confidence whoever they hire as the next head coach is going to be any good? I don't. Uh, there's a couple names. Maybe we'll get into the names coming up, but there, it's not. It, put it this way. It's not a long list. How can you have a lot of confidence? I've seen parts of forever. three different coaches here, and none of them have been good. You saw Hauk, Sanchez, and and Arroyo? Arroyo, yeah. None of them have been good. All of them disasters. So I don't know that I have a lot of confidence the next day. Because Hauk was an FCS guy, hired from an FCS level, right? Yeah, Montana. Montana, Montana Montana. State. Montana. Sanchez, a high school guy. Arroyo, a Power 5 coordinator, right? Like, those are three very different um, experience levels that they pulled from. Not one of them worked. I guess Hauk did get to a bowl game, but not one of them Heard actually Dallas worked. Bowl. Yeah, and then went 2-11 and 11 the next year. Yeah. Not one of them worked. I guess the old-time former head coach, maybe that's where they go, and maybe that's the key to UNLV football. But, yeah. I don't the have next a lot John of Robinson? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in it. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV football and what next season could look like. Tightly bunched formation at the line. Kyle Williams wide left. Play action fake. Bailey all day to throw. Pass on the near side to Zeon. And the pass is in the end zone. And it's caught for a touchdown. The Rebels with a huge touchdown right there. Nick Williams. Aiden Robbins goes from the wide out to the right to behind Bailey. On third and six now from the 47 of Reno. Hand off Robbins. Robbins goes off left tackle. 40, 35, 30, 25, 20 toward the sideline. Tackle at the 15. Aiden Robbins just picked up 32 yards. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Jeff Erickson of RotoWire is going to be by to answer your fantasy football questions. You can text them to us now if you'd like. 69187 is the text line. Make sure you type ESPN and then whatever your question is and send that to 69187. We'll get to as many of your fantasy football questions as we can with Jeff Erickson in about 10 minutes. Also... We are trying to give you rent for a year with the help of Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. $15,000. You could win 15000 bucks from us and Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. All you need to go do is go to lvsportsnetwork.com and enter for your chance to win $15,000. Must be 18 years or older to enter, and complete rules are available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, so, little bit of UNLV football here. Um, here's not talking about the coach. This will be a, a decision or a conversation. Whoever the new coach is, is going to have to have, but the quarterback spot for UNLV, we talked a lot about it this year because the first five games of the season, Doug Brumfield was great. And it was, wow, UNLV actually has a top tier mountain West quarterback. He gets the concussion. He misses a good chunk of the season. When he comes back, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't the same. He didn't look as good as he did earlier in the year. 
So Doug Brumfield right now would be the starting quarterback for next year, but there's going to be a new coach. I'm sure there will be some guys in the transfer portal, some new recruits. We'll see what happens there. But Doug Brumfield, he left that game against Nevada in the first quarter with a back injury. And what we've now seen in two seasons from Doug Brumfield, he played three games as a freshman, had a season-ending injury. He missed four games this season after suffering that concussion, and then he left the final game of the season against Nevada with a back injury. That is three separate injuries that have forced him to miss game time in two years. This would have been a question for Marcus Arroyo, even if he was still here. But if you're the new coach, even if you convince Doug Brumfield to stay at UNLV, should that be your starting quarterback next year, or do do you have to find something better? I think unless you're one of you know a handful of teams in the country with one of the top quarterbacks, I think you always look to get better at quarterback. I would try to get someone better, and if you don't, uh, Doug, like you said, proved when he was healthy could be a good Mountain West quarterback. But you're, all, I think you're always recruiting quarterbacks. Um, you know, look if if you have Bryce Young and. But Alabama does the same thing also. They go get the number one quarterback in the country every year, and this, he sits behind and waits his turn. So He recruited if, over Jalen Hurts. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think you're always looking for something better at the most important position. It, but it doesn't mean Doug Brumfield couldn't come back and have a great year either. Right. Um, Brumfield, uh, again, those first five games of the season, it was very much – Looked wow. like a first-team all-conference first right. all player. It was genuinely as this guy – the best quarterback in the Mountain, Mountain West, West, right? Like Jake Hayner was in that conversation. He got hurt as well. And I've seen, to, to tie it to the Marcus Arroyo conversation, I have seen a lot of people say, oh, this year's team was great, but then they ran into injuries. And specifically pointing out that the quarterback, Doug Brumfield, got hurt, which to me was an indictment on Marcus Arroyo that, oh, the quarterback got hurt, and that derailed you from 4-1 and one to not getting to 6-6. Six and six. Like, that's awful to go from 4-1 and one to 5-7, and seven, especially if you're going to blame it on, oh, well, the quarterback got hurt. Like, you need to have something else that's competent enough that you don't completely have Fall the apart. season yeah, yeah. D- dissipate in front of you. And so I thought, like, yes, was it unfortunate that Doug Brumfield missed time? Absolutely. But if you aren't prepared for that, that's on the coach and that's on the roster. Right. That's that, on the roster you build. Right. That he's put together. There. Right. Especially, especially when you bring it's in quarterback. A, a Tennessee transfer, especially when you have Cameron Friel, who was the Mountain West um, freshman, of, freshman the year. of the year last year. Especially when you have other guys that you brought in that you thought were going to be potential starting right. level quarterbacks and they just they just weren't. They just weren't good enough. So that's the part of this that's that's interesting to me. If you are the new head coach at UNLV, I think you want to keep Doug Brumfield around, but you also want to find a quarterback better than Doug Brumfield. I think that would be one of the yeah, most Yeah, the start is keeping things. him because you have no idea who you're going to be able to recruit. Right. And if you can find a quarterback better than Doug Brumfield, phenomenal job. Right. right? Now, the, the um, balancing act that you've got to do is Doug Brumfield went into the transfer portal right. in the spring right. – when Marcus Arroyo did not name anybody the starting quarterback, right? And I, we make the assumption anyways that he went in the transfer portal because he wasn't guaranteed to be the starter here at UNLV back in the yeah, spring. I don't know what other reason would be. Right. And then he obviously came out back out of the transfer portal, stayed at UNLV. But I would wonder, new head coach comes in, uh, Doug Brumfield, hey, he might be the starter, and I just brought in this transfer from Tulsa or wherever the hell they get a transfer from. 
You got to battle with yeah, this you guy. Gotta, you got to compete. I wonder if Brumfield will be like, All right, I've done this too many times. I'll see you guys later. And I actually think after the way he played, I assume somebody would take him in the transfer portal. Absolutely. I mean, we're guessing nobody actually offered him in the transfer. Right. Like, nobody offered him a starting job in the transfer portal when he tried to go in the spring. But I'd have to guess the way he played in the first five yes. games of the season that somebody would be like, oh, yeah, we can we can make it work with this kid. So that's the balancing act you have to walk there. And ju- And by the way, even before you get to, hey, is there another quarterback coming in? Brumfield might just leave anyway. Like, he was recruited by Tony Sanchez, stuck around for Marcus Arroyo, and now it's going to be a third different head coach in charge. He might just be like, ah, see you guys later. <laughs> like, he might just be like, I, I don't care who you bring in. I'm gone. So that's another situation for UNLV. I mean, it's a balancing act, but it, balancing act, but you sh- it shouldn't preclude preclude no. you preclude you from going out and getting someone better or trying to get somebody better. Brumfield isn't good enough that you stop recruiting the position. No, like that. That's ultimately the, no. end, the end of the day. If if Brumfield was good enough that you were like, all right, if we have this kid, we have like a Heisman contender or something like that, then maybe you say, all right, we're not going to upset him by trying to recruit somebody right. better. Uh, better, but he's not good enough. You absolutely go try to find anybody. It's actually one of the things I I thought Arroyo did well was that he kept going after quarterbacks. Now, none of them ended up working out except for Brumfield, but he kept going after Cause I think one of the biggest mistakes Tony Sanchez made, he got Armani Rogers and he stopped at the quarterback position. Like they they did not bring in another significant quarterback once they got Armani right. Rogers. Cause Tony Sanchez was like, that's our guy. That's our high ranked recruit quarterback. He's going to be our starting quarterback and we're good to go. I think that's a good thing that uh, that um, Arroyo did was that he kept going after quarterbacks every year. He just didn't hit on any of them, right? If Harrison Bailey had come in and was an awesome quarterback, A, Arroyo still got his job probably, and B, we'd be looking around saying, yeah, good job. Keep going after the quarterbacks, right. and this is what you're going to get. You're going to land one, but never really worked out for him. So we'll see what happens with a lot of this roster. Um, Doug Brumfield's obviously sort of the... Oh, they're going to lose guys profile. to the portal. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I'm, I'm curious... I'm curious to see how many guys are like, oh, I was a Marcus Arroyo guy and I'm gone just because I was here for Marcus Arroyo versus how many some or versus how many guys are like, "Eh, I can stick around like, yeah, sure. Arroyo recruited me, but eh, I can stick around. I got no problem here. Um, The other part for UNLV football, because they're generally bad, it's not like there's a lot of schools below them that would be like, oh, absolutely. We'll take you like if you're if you're leaving UNLV generally there's not going to be a lot of schools below you that are like, yep, absolutely. We'll take you and give you more playing time. There'll be some cause you know, Nevada was awful this year. There were teams that were bad, but for the most part, if you're leaving UNLV, you're either really good and taking a step up or like Jacoby Wyndham, or you're just not good enough for division one college right. football at the end of the day is what it normally is. All right. Coming up next, Jeff Erickson will answer your fantasy football question 69187. That's the text line. Uh, preface your message with ESPN. So type ESPN and whatever your fantasy football question is, you can send them in now to 69187, and we will ask Jeff Erickson after this. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from RotoWire is Jeff Erickson. If you've got fantasy football questions, you can text them in right now. Our text line is 69187. Make sure you type ESPN, whatever your question is, and send it all to 69187. 
Uh, Jeff, do your fantasy football leagues have a better tiebreaker than FIFA fair play points? <laughs> no. How is that possibly to be- possibly better? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 we do not. But uh, I, I think we should be creative in devising some in the offseason there. So have some fun with it. It would be. It would be good. Um, I have a question about my own fantasy team. Tell me uh, if you think that Tommy Pham would slap me in the face. I have Gus Edwards and DJ Chark on my IR spots. Uh, Edwards played last week. You got to take him off. They both Chark played. played last week too. Yeah, they yeah. both have to be off. Yeah, absolutely. You got to get them off. I mean, I don't have now, to immediately. I just don't have to. I just can't make a roster move. I, they can sit there the rest of the season. I just can't make a roster move. I don't think so. I think you need to take them off. Okay. I think they need to be part of the player pool. All right. So Jeff Erickson and Tommy Pham would slap me in the face is what I'm hearing. I, yeah, I'm not a man of violence, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, I think you need to do that. Jeff, uh, it appears he's back. What? Where do you have Deshaun Watson ranked, and what do you suggest to people? Okay, this is the shrug emoji of rankings. I've got him at 10. I have no idea what he's going to do this week. I mean, I, and if, I think the only people that really have much of an idea are the Browns themselves, Maybe you know, just because they've been able to see him practice. But yeah, we haven't seen him since 2020. Um, so it's been a long time. We don't know how much he's going to run. But pro- I think there'll probably be some ruts. We saw him play in the preseason, but that's hardly the same energy, hardly the same personnel. So I don't really want to, you know, bet on too much on what we saw from that. But what we did see wasn't very positive. Uh, If it's a shrug emoji now, how much of an overreaction should you have to his first game back? Like if he's great, is it just immediately, oh yeah, of course he's back to being a top five quarterback option. And if he's bad, is it like, oh, you can't start this guy? Or should there be more patience and more shrug emoji next week regardless? Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be, if it's a bold shrug emoji this week, it'll be a faint gray one next week. Uh, now, you know, the thing is, it's playing against the Texans. I mean, the, the game flow suggests that they should be ahead and most of the game. And, that, that, you know, that should be a pretty decent matchup. Although, shockingly, people may not realize this. Teams don't do much in the passing game against the Texans this year, uh, especially from, a, like, just a fancy points perspective. Uh, I think mostly because, you know, they're, they're, they don't have to. Um, Texans have allowed the third lowest fancy points per game against quarterbacks this year. Only the Broncos and Eagles have been uh, stingier. And you can see, at least with like the Broncos, well, you know, again, another case there where their offense isn't threatening anybody. So games get dragged into the muck. More teams run the ball, period, against them. And so I expect you'll see a lot of Nick Chubb this Sunday. Do you get a feeling at all about Mike Williams? Will he come here to Vegas and play, you think? Not sure yet. Um, usually you got to wait till Friday with him. Um, but I, 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 I would be surprised because he didn't really practice at all last week. So I think, you know, they ruled him out pretty quickly uh, last week. So I, I would be surprised if he plays. Uh, didn't practice yesterday. So I, I would suggest, I, I would think not. 69187. That is the text line. Uh, you can send your messages in for Jeff Erickson. First one up Ezekiel Elliott or Damon Pierce. I'm going to go Pierce, and I know that's really tough to do after the last two weeks, but this, you know, the Browns are uh, one of the three teams you want to send your running backs against every week, the Texans, the Browns, and the Chargers. The Chargers are historically bad against the run on a per-carry basis, but the Browns have actually allowed more fancy points per game, believe it or not. 69187 is the text line. Tom Brady or Justin Fields? I don't think Fields plays, so let's say Brady. Um, if Fields is like a full practice on Friday, then I can, I'll, I'm willing to change my tune, but for now, got to go Brady. 
Uh, another one here. This is open-ended for daily fantasy football. Just says, what's the best daily fantasy football options at any position? You got any good ones for daily fantasy football this week? To be honest, I haven't looked at the prices yet. Um, I, I don't do my daily lineups until Friday. All right. Uh, another quarterback one. We got a lot of quarterbacks today. Lamar Jackson or Jared Goff? Jackson left practice yesterday with a quad issue, so I'm uh, going to watch that one a little closely. Um, I would go Jackson, but you know we, we need to see what sort of uh, game shape he's going to be in. And quietly, since Rashad Bateman got hurt again, uh, you know Jackson hasn't really done a whole lot uh, on the passing game. The Ravens, they blew it. I, I mean, I, I'm happy. I'm a Bengals fan, so I should be happy about this. But <laughs> they traded away Hollywood Brown, and they didn't like replace him with anybody. They they counted on Bateman to develop, and that they got unlucky that he got hurt. But at the same time, I mean, where else? Who else are they bringing to the table there? I, they're counting a lot on Andrews and Bateman, and they didn't really add that second receiver there. Usually, like guys like Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, uh, which just shows a lack of plan. Dak, Geno, or Watson? Um, I go Dak. Uh, it, it's close. Uh, to have all three is kind of nice because they, you know, you're going to have options every week, but it's also kind of annoying because you're going to have tough choices every week too. But I, I like Dak. Six nine one eight seven is our text line. If you got questions for Jeff Erickson, send them in now. Um, is there a chance, or would you? How good is the chance that Josh Jacobs is the best fantasy running back the rest of the season? I think. There's a, you know, he's in the conversation for sure. He's the second highest fantasy uh, scorer so far this year. Only Austin Eckler has outpointed him because he's in PPR leagues, at least, because he's had so many receptions. In the standard scoring league, Jacobs is number one. He's my biggest miss of the year, too. Um, I, I, I don't have him in any of my 20 leagues. I, I made a point of not taking him, and boy, do I feel dumb about that. Yeah, I drafted Zamir White in a league, too, thinking that was going to be a good pick. It did not work out very yeah. well at all. Um, do you uh, have how much worry do you have about Travis Etienne that he left the game? They said he could have came back in, but how much worry do you have that he's going to get his full normal workload this week? A little bit still. You know, sometimes teams downplay in the injury, and then oh, I guess he's not practicing. He felt it when he started to run again. You know, he was medically cleared. Uh, he had a limited practice yesterday. If he gets a full practice on Friday, then I, and then it's full steam ahead because man, he'd love that matchup against Detroit. Um, but, you know, on the turf, that's something you got to worry about. I would suspect he'll get fewer carries than he normally does. You probably will see Daryl Henderson make his uh, Jaguars debut. And Hasty will get a little, maybe a few more snaps than he normally does, too. But, man, you, you want that matchup. Uh, Taylor Heineke or Kirk Cousins? Are you asking more Taylor Heineke questions? God. Yeah, I started him last <laughs> week. I go Cousins this week. I don't love the matchup against the Jets, but... I don't think the commanders want to unleash Heineke all that much. Um, you know, they, they really want to run the ball a ton, and so that really works against them. You have to start two in a PPR. Evans, Juju, Sanders, and White. Evans, Juju, Sanders, and White. Is that Rashad White, I assume? Yes, Rashad White. Um, yeah. Evans, Juju, Sanders, White. Um, Evans, and, you know, I'm not happy about it, but... I think you got to start him every week because there's always that potential. He hits one big one there. I go Evans and Sanders in this one here. Uh, Chris Olave or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, uh, because the Bucks cover corners are actually pretty good. It's like the one thing they've done right this year. Uh, here's an open-ended one. Do you have any sleepers to add for the fantasy playoffs? Um, you know what I would do is I, I think. Make make sure you get the top backup for your stud running back. 
Uh, in some leagues, they cut off uh, free agents. In other leagues, it's just, you know, you, you don't need that underachieving guy that is, you know, that you're just waiting for him to have that big game. What you do need is to get that, uh, to get that, if you have a top running back, get his backup. Jacobs is a great example of that. Go out and get Zamir White to make sure you got him backed up. Even though I know Abdullah had more playing time last week, if Jacobs were to miss a game, I think White's the guy that carries the ball a little bit more. So you want to make sure you go at him uh, if you, and use those roster spots wisely. If you've got a stud starting quarterback, you don't need a backup. You know, make sure you go out and get that. You know, use your wash your, your all your roster spots wisely. Six nine one eight seven is the text line. Here's a tight end one: Mark Andrews or Pat Frymuth. I go Mark Andrews. Uh, I, I understand it's a little frustrating that production's down, but you're starting him every week. Uh, here's another open-ended one for you: Is Mike uh, Mike White going to be as good as he was this past week? No. Uh, there's tape on him now. Um, it's a good matchup. He'll be. It should be pretty good. I mean, you know, Vikings give up a lot of passing yards usually, but the Bears are special bad right now defensively. They lost Eddie Jackson in this game. They already had to trade away Roquan Smith. They had already trade away Robert Quinn. You add all those together there, it, it was a perfect storm. I, I don't think it'll be that easy this week. I think he will make a mistake or two here and there, but still far better than Zach Wilson. You said you didn't like the matchup with Cousins. Do you like him over Brady? I do. Um, Brady just lost his best offensive lineman, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, I've got I've got Cousins at nine and Brady at thirteen this week. For a flex spot, do you like Jeff Wilson or uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling? I go Jeff Wilson here. All right, uh, that is all the questions we have for you, yeah. Jeff. We appreciate it. Uh, I hope I don't see you, so you don't slap me over Gus Edwards on an IR spot. He's Jeff Erickson <laughs> from RotoWire. <laughs> Jeff, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yes, there is Jeff Erickson. Ed, would you be upset if I was in your league and had Gus Edwards, who was playing, stashed on an IR <laughs> yes, spot? Yes. You would? I wouldn't slap people. That's what Tommy Fam did. Yeah, I don't I have slap to imagine people. this is exactly why he was mad at Jock Peterson, because Peterson had somebody that was, that came back and just <laughs> and left he, him there. And he just left him? Yeah. You've, you're doing it with two guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, my league, they were like, when COVID year, they are like, all right, we're going to add a second IR spot because... Yeah, who you just knows? don't know who knows right. who's going to play. Then 2021 came around, and I was like, we should take it away the second IR spot. And they were like, no, we want to keep it. Then this year came around. I said the same thing. Like, no, we're going to keep it. So I always have two players on my IR spot, and I don't need to make a roster move. Right. So they're there until I need to do something. I'm not getting rid of them. Have you, so there's upset people? No, nobody's complained to me yet. I okay. don't know if they actually are or not, but no, nobody's actually complained. Right. Yeah, they're then just, you're fine. They're going to sit there until I have to do something. And I don't think I'm going to have to do anything. Then so you're they're going to sit there. It's also a keeper league. So they might no. have some value in the yeah. offseason. I'm not touching them until somebody comes and slaps me. Thankfully, only one person in this league lives in Las Vegas. So <laughs> not, I'm not going to get, they don't have many chances to get slapped unless I leave the city. But yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into the greatest tiebreaker that almost happened in World Cup history. Chavez and Pineda are hovering over this. It's Chavez. Oh! So Fernandez trying to chip it through. And there's another goal for Argentina. Julian Alvarez. And this thing's getting awfully interesting now. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. 
Mexico has been eliminated from the World Cup, which is almost as good as the United States advancing to the round of 16. Despite beating Saudi Arabia yesterday, Mexico was eliminated on goal difference. Uh, They were a minus one. Poland was a zero in goal difference. And that's how Mexico was eliminated. However, we were very, very close to Mexico being eliminated by FIFA fair play points. Excuse me. Because if both games yesterday had finished 2-0, Poland and Mexico would have been tied on points, they would have been tied on goal difference, and they would have been tied on goals scored. Those are the first three... um, Tiebreakers. The next tiebreaker is head-to-head. They tied 0-0 when they played head-to-head. So head-to-head was irrelevant. The next tiebreaker and the second-to-last tiebreaker before you just flip a coin is FIFA Fair Play points, which is essentially which country had the fewer yellow cards. Red cards actually count for more, but nobody's had a red card yet. Mexico ended the day with seven yellow cards. Poland had five. So had Saudi Arabia scored a goal in like the 95th minute or wherever it was, had Saudi Arabia not scored that goal, Mexico would have been eliminated from the World Cup because they had more yellow cards than Poland in three games. Why wouldn't it be when you played each other if you drew shots on goal to say that you played a better game? That doesn't mean you played a better game, though, Well, but Well, I think it's a little better than this weird yellow card situation. So, (laughs) I mean... I don't know how many times it's how many times it's come into play. The reason FIFA fair play points is a tiebreaker is to have some encouragement to play fairly. Is to have some right, encouragement right. to play without to fouling, to play and without, fouling people yes. and doing everything. Yeah, and exactly. to play without like yelling at the refs, right? Because a lot of times you get a yellow card just because you're yelling at the right. ref or something like that. So that's the reasoning behind it is like, hey, we're going to put in at least some carrot for teams that are, uh, you know, play the game cleaner or don't yell at our refs as much. That's the reason it's there. I don't know that it's ever been used at the World Cup. I'm guessing it hasn't, and it still hasn't after yesterday. But I here's the other part. I don't hate it that much because it, you're tied on points. You're tied on goal difference. You're tied on goal scored. You tied head-to-head like, we're really. I mean, what's the difference between shots on well, goal or corners or whatever? I mean, the. I think it's kind of buffoonery, but anyway, <laughs> you are right in the sense of the further you get down the line of of tiebreakers, the only, you can only do so much. Right. Right. There's only so many things in it's, a game you could like count. It's you have a sport where very few goals are scored. Right. Right. So point differential, goal differential. There's a good chance it's close in all of these. You have a sport where you're you're only playing three games, so it's not like you've got 30 games to separate teams. So you're just not going to have that many different things in the sport of soccer when you play three games that are going to be sep- to, to separate teams. You would have to, I mean, and all, you would have to go to shots on goal, right? You would have to go to yellow cards. I think I like the yellow card one, but I do agree, like shots on goal or even like total corner kicks should be ahead of flipping a coin. Because that's slipping a coin after fair play. Yes, that's what was next. If so, the scenario here was it let's say Saudi Arabia did not score. If Poland had picked up two more yellow cards in their and their game was against tied. Argentina, then they would have been tied on FIFA fair play points. Right. And they literally would have flipped the coin 
to see who would advance to the World Cup. Put on shot, put in shots on goal for that or something, so we can at least just get guys ripping balls at the goalie from right. as far away yes. as they are just to run up the tiebreaker. So the fair play tiebreaker was used for the first time during the 2018 World Cup. Uh, it was used to decide between Senegal and Japan. Brutal. And uh, Japan moved on because Senegal had two more yellow cards. Just like Mexico. The nice Japan team not yelling at referees and getting yeah. to advance. Yeah. How nice they are. But Mexico has now gone home, and it was one of the most heartbreaking ways it could happen because they led 2 nothing. Argentina led Poland 2 nothing for about th- with like 60 minutes uh, gone in each game. So we got about half an hour where one Mexico goal or one Argentina goal would have sent Mexico into the round of 16. And in both scenarios, Argentina was dominating Poland and Mexico was dominating. By the way, did Saudi they tell Arabia. the Mexican manager he was gone or did he just announce it in the press conference he, when he said, my contract <laughs> is up? When the, He said, my contract <laughs> expired when the whistle blew. Yes, exactly. He just went home by himself. <laughs>